is heavenly, we shall raise a hallelujah. Receive all glory, receive all honor in Jesus Christ.
first-time visitors, you are welcome. To connect with us, follow us on all our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For tithes and offerings, please use the mobile money and account number on your screen. Covenant Nations Church, for the Kingdom. Good morning, CNC family, and um, all our friends tuning in from around the country and around the world. I want to thank you for taking this time out to be a part of our service, and I pray that the Lord will bless you and, and speak to you in this time that we have together. Today, I'm going to share with you on a topic called Jesus is Africa. I have entitled it Jesus is Africa, and this really goes to the heart of the message and the vision that the Lord gave at the founding of Covenant Nations Church. In 2005 to 2006, a period of one year, the Lord started giving me his vision for Africa. I saw the continent of Africa. I saw a vision of the continent of Africa, and it was very dark. Then I heard a voice say, out of what was called darkness will come a great light. And he said, this light will come from within you. Then I saw someone blowing a trumpet and as the person blew the trumpet or the shofar, a small light started shining out of Uganda. The light started shining as, started as a very small light and then it continued to grow brighter and brighter and spreading across the whole country until the whole country was filled with bright light. Then this light started emanating out of Uganda to the other countries of Africa until the whole continent was filled with brilliant light. And after the whole continent was filled with light, the light started going out into the other nations of the world. It emanated out in, in, con in concentric circles, and wherever that light would hit, it would begin to emanate out from, from that point. I asked the Lord in the, in the vision, why is the light coming out of Uganda? And he said, Uganda is the heart of Africa. 
And just like a man is changed when his heart is changed, so as Uganda aligns with God's redemptive purpose, it will have an effect in the transformation of Africa. This was the founding vision and word for Covenant Nations Church. That word has been incubated in CNC all these years, but now I feel that the Lord is releasing this word to the nations of Africa and even to the world. From the Bible, we see that just before the Lord would bring a great deliverance or a time of great deliverance, there would be a counterattack or shaking in an effort by the enemy to derail or to stop God's redemptive plan or God's redemptive purpose from being fulfilled in the earth. I was just thinking in the Old Testament to the time before Moses was born or the t- at the time that Moses was born, the, the generation uh, in which Moses was born. And there, were, there arose a great um, persecution of the, the, the children of Israel in, in Egypt. There arose a king who didn't, didn't know Joseph, who didn't know the good things, the great things that Joseph had done to preserve uh, the nation of, of, of Egypt and, and, and the nations of the world. And so there was persecution. And there was a demonic plan to kill all the Hebrew boys born at a certain time. And that was really to destroy the plan that God had already put in place to raise up a deliverer in that generation. But you see that even when there was that great persecution that arose and many uh, little boys, Hebrew boys, were killed, God had arranged a way to preserve this Hebrew boy who was going to grow up and become a deliverer. And what was interesting is that he preserved him in the house of his greatest enemy. He preserved him in the house of the man who was killing the boys in his generation. And so it just shows that God is able to preserve us even in the very face of of great danger. But um, God's plan prevailed and um, that shaking and that um, persecution that arose against God's people was not able to stop or derail or, or destroy the plan of God, which was to deliver his people. And right on time, as God had um, planned and even prophesied before, God delivered his people. In the New Testament, we see the exact same thing on uh, a, a, a bit of a bigger scale in the life of, of Jesus Jesus who was the Messiah, who is the Messiah. At the time that Jesus, the long-awaited Messiah, was to be born, the devil put in place an evil plan to kill all the Jewish boys under the age of two. You see, it's the very same thing. The enemy could um, was anticipating something great, something um, big was coming. And so he put in place this evil plan to, to kill all the boys under the age of two. He couldn't tell who the Messiah was or where the Messiah was, but he knew that there was something that was coming or he could sense that there was something that was was being released, a great deliverance. And not just the deliverance to the nation of Israel, but to the world, salvation to the world was coming. But even in that great persecution, God preserved 
the Messiah, Jesus, the, the Son of God, was preserved during that time, was born and was hidden until that persecution had passed. So these just two examples in the Bible show that whenever God is about to bring something new, and especially for deliverance and, and for salvation, there is always a counterattack. There is always an attack to seek to, to destroy the, the plans and the purposes of God um, in the world. Because God's plan must come to its fulfillment and culmination. No matter what the enemy seeks to do, God's plan, it's like a, a, a train that is moving. And no matter what you try to put in, in, in before that train to stop it or to derail it, it, it keeps moving on. It must come to its fulfillment and its culmination. And God has uh, a million ways to preserve, to deliver, to save his people. As you can see in the story of Moses and you can, you can see in the story of Jesus, even in the face of great danger and persecution, his plan through Moses and through Jesus couldn't be stopped and couldn't be um, derailed or destroyed. I believe that God's redemptive plan for Africa is being revealed in this time. And God has prepared a great deliverance for his people, not only in, 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 in Africa, but in the world. And so there's a great shaking that's going on in the world and, um, and difficult times that we are in. But I believe that this is not for our destruction. It is for our uh, establishment. I want to read for you from the book of Acts, chapter 17, verse 26. And it said, And he made from one common origin or one source, one blood, all the nations of men to settle on the face of the earth, having definitely determined the allotted periods of time and the fixed boundaries of their habitation, their settlements, their lands, and their abodes, so that they should seek God in the hope that they might feel after him and find him, although he is not far from each one of us. This just means that God determined ahead of time the boundaries, the lands, the habitations, the settlements, and the times that all people groups would live on the face of the earth. He determined, he predetermined. He said he made from one common origin. So the biblical account of all human beings coming from this one uh, family or this one source. So he made from one common origin or one blood, or one source, all the human uh, families, the families of nations, the ethnic groups, whatever you'd call them. He made them from one common source and he determined the boundaries of their habitations and the times, the epochs, the, the eras in which they would, they, would, um, they would live and where they would live. And it says that he did this so that people should seek him, so that they may find him, although he is not far from each one of us. That just means that each nation or ethnic group or people group has a specific redemptive purpose. God determined ahead of time where the Africans would be, the time where Europeans, where Arab, where um, Asians, 
where you're uh, people of, of um, different descents, the times and the boundaries of their habitations. Why? So that each people group would seek him and find him. That means that there is a redemptive purpose for each people group, for each nation, for each uh, continent. The boundaries, what are the boundaries of their habitation? It's, 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 it's nations, it's uh, continents. Today we're speaking specifically about Africa because that is the word that the Lord gave to me and that is the call that the Lord placed on my life. It is specifically to Africa. So I want to talk briefly about what are the redemptive gifts that we see from the Bible because Africa is all over the Bible. If you read the Bible from the Old Testament even to the New Testament, you'll see that Africa plays such a, 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 a pivotal role many times in the story of the biblical account, the story of the, the children of Israel all the way until the New Testament. So one of the first things that we see from the beginning, from the book of Genesis, in the story of the children of Israel, from Genesis chapter 46, verse 1 to 3, was the time, and we've seen that the patriarchs went down to Egypt a number of times, whether it was during times of uh, famine or, or, or just a, a, a brief sojourn, they went to Egypt a number of times. But there was one time that Jacob was going to go down to Egypt and he was going to spend a longer time there. In fact, he was going to, to die there. And he was a bit uh, unsure about whether he should go to Egypt. I think he sensed that there was something different about this time that he was going. Genesis chapter 46, verse 1 to 3. And it says, So Israel made his journey with all that he had, and he came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices to the God of his father Isaac. And God spoke to Israel in a vision of the night, and he said, Jacob, Jacob, and he said, Here am I. And he said, I am the God, the God of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will there make of you a great nation. Jacob and his family went down to Egypt and there were 70 people in all. So, a fairly large family, but definitely not a nation. But God had promised, he said, I will make of you there a great nation. So Jacob goes down, his family in total, including himself, is 70 people. Four generations later, or 400 years later, this family of 70 people has, has grown into a nation of millions, millions of people. So there was something supernatural about their sojourn or their time in Egypt. There was something that God wanted to accomplish there at a time of great increase. And in fact, in the, in, in the book of Exodus, it says that the people of Israel increased um, be, they, were, they became greater in number and they were growing at a larger, at a, at a higher rate than even the, children, the, the, the Egyptians and it caused the Egyptians fear. And so again, they, that's when the Egyptians put in place, the, the Pharaoh put in place that evil plan because he was seeing that the 
the population growth of the children of Israel was, was alarming for them. So there was something supernatural about their time there. There was a supernatural um, empowerment to increase. So growth, we see, is not something that it just happens. There, there, it is, it's not just um, a normal occurrence that people should increase supernaturally or that populations should grow in that way. God said, I will make of you a great nation. They went in as a family. They came out as a nation. Now, if we look at any family, you can look at your own family tree. Just go back four generations. You might find that um, four generations ago, you, if you were to count all your, your ancestors, how many people were they? And four generations forward, would you, is, has your family multiplied and become a nation? We usually see that um, the population growth is usually that the number of people who are born and the number of people who die sort of even out so that the population growth is, the, the growth curve is, is, is not so high or steep. So you will find that if you go back four generations, the, 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 the family growth of the population growth is, is, is there, but it's not, uh, it's not a very steep or very high curve. So we see that there was definitely a blessing, definitely an empowering to increase. So that is one of the first redemptive gifts of, of, of Africa. Why did they have to come to Africa? Why did they have to come to Egypt? Why couldn't this have happened in the promised land? There was a, a way that they needed to be incubated, a way that they needed to come into an environment where they could increase supernaturally. And I believe that's one of the first redemptive purposes or gifts that God has bestowed on Africa. It is a place of wealth. It's a place of supply. It's a place of, of increase, where you can increase. Increase um, uh, in, in numbers, as in population, a land that is so vast, a land that stretches to the east and the north and the south, a land that has wonderful uh, temperature and weather, a land that has supply of food. It is a land of, 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 of blessing. It's a land of, of, um, of supply. And so you can increase and you can grow. And that's exactly what happened for the children of Israel. The second redemptive gift that I see from the Bible is from the book of Exodus, chapter 3, verse 20 to 22. And here, the children of Israel were now coming out of Egypt. They had been in Egypt for 400 years. And now God was bringing them out, just as he had promised. But he said that they were not going to come out empty-handed. They were going to come out with great wealth. There was going to be um, a transfer of wealth from the Egyptians to the children of, of, of Israel. So Exodus chapter 3, God is, is speaking to Moses ahead of time and telling him, what is going to happen and how they are going to come out. And he says, I will stretch out my hand and I will smite Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in it. And after that, he will let you go. And I will give this people favor and respect in the sight of the Egyptians 
And it shall be that when you go, you shall not go out empty-handed. But every woman shall solicit of her neighbor and of her that may be residing at her house jewels and articles of silver and gold and garments which you shall put on your sons and daughters and you shall strip the Egyptians of the belongings due to you. God promised the children of Israel the wealth of Egypt. What was the wealth of Egypt? Jewels, silver, gold, garments, and so on. There was great wealth in Egypt. Now, we don't see uh, these jewels in, in, in the land of Canaan. We don't see this silver and this gold. We see that there was a place that there needed to be a transfer of wealth from. Or there was a place where there was a great deposit or store of wealth, of silver, of, di- of uh, jewels, and of gold, and of garments. So there was wealth. There were things that they were going to, uh, that were going to be transferred to them. Now, if you look at the history of Africa, you will see that um, the gold that, we, that, that, that is covering buildings uh, in the capitals of Europe was gold that was uh, from the land and the soil and the, and the mines in Africa. You'll see that the jewels that are worn, even in the crowns of kings and, and queens of, of, of European kingdoms, were jewels that were mined in Africa. So the silver, the gold, the garments, the garments it speaks about our, our cotton, speaks about our, the fibers that are, that are grown, um, that, that we grow in Africa. Africa has some of the best cotton. We have the cotton in Uganda. The cotton that we grow is what makes the garments that clothe the world. I don't see cotton being grown in, in China or Japan. Or... Therefore, this, this, the, the same uh, sources that existed in the Bible are the same sources that exist today of wealth. Whether it's jewels, whether it's silver, whether it's gold, whether it's garments, and many other things that are not even um, spoken about in the Bible. Um, minerals, the minerals that are used for all kinds of manufacturing, all kinds of industry, come out of Africa. Therefore, I believe that the second redemptive gift or purpose for Africa is material or economic blessing. And we're going to come back to that but we see from the bible that there was a transfer of wealth and that the children of israel needed this wealth or needed these resources to fulfill the purpose that, that they were going to have um later on so that is the, the second redemptive gift that, that that we see from the bible the third redemptive gift that we see, that I see, is from the book of Genesis, chapter 41. And you see that Africa is, is all over these accounts. All these accounts happened in Africa. Genesis 41 talks about the story of Joseph and, um, <clears throat> and, his, and his interaction with Pharaoh and how Pharaoh had two dreams that he couldn't interpret or he couldn't understand. And his 
interaction or his relationship with Joseph brought a strategic leadership, a strategic partnership of someone who had political power, somebody who had natural power. He was Pharaoh, he was the king. God gave Pharaoh the dream, but Pharaoh didn't understand the dream. He needed somebody who had the spirit of God in him to interpret the dream. Why didn't Pharaoh, why didn't God just give the dream to Joseph, since Joseph <clears throat> was the one? God didn't simply give the dream to Joseph because he envisaged a partnership between the natural leadership or political leadership, as Pharaoh had, and spiritual leadership as Joseph had, working together for the transformation of the nation, for the preservation of the nation, to unlock, to unlock the, the spiritual insight that they needed in those times. So this was the first time that you see that kind of strategic leadership. God gives in the life of Joseph a blueprint of strategic leadership where you have the spiritual and the natural leadership working hand in hand, not working against each other, not working in, in, in you know, going in different directions, but pulling together to see the preservation and the transformation of that nation. And we see that there was great, great power and, and wisdom that was unlocked when those, when, when, when those two components came together. And we see that in Africa. We see that working in Egypt. And we see that Africa was able to fulfill the, the, thir- the fourth uh, redemptive gift through the working of the third. So we see that there needs to be a strategic leadership of the spiritual and the natural to see the, the, the blessing of Africa unlocked. And unlocked on, a, on such an, a, a large scale that it, that, it, that it led to the preservation of, of the known world at that time because that famine was very severe and all the world was coming to buy from Egypt. Therefore, Egypt became the storehouse of the world. And that was only possible because of the strategic leadership that Joseph um, brought to Pharaoh. Now, following that, the fourth redemptive gift that we see from the Bible is the story of the food supply, food security, how Egypt became the storehouse for the world. The fact that Africa was a storehouse of the world or for the world and operating in its redemptive purpose led to the preservation of the world. This happened through the spiritual and natural part through, through the strategic leadership that we saw between Pharaoh who received the vision and Joseph who interpreted the vision. There was a blessing released. Now there was always food. There was always uh, there was a harvest. There was har- there were years of good harvest, but they needed wisdom to know what to do with the food supply. Now, I believe that is speaking to our times. We have harvests, we have rain, we have good crops, but are we implementing 
uh, a strategic vision of how not only to eat for the day or produce enough to eat for the day, or are we implementing something higher to, to, to produce enough to be able to be the storehouse for our region and for the nations of the world? Because I believe that is Africa's redemptive purpose, not just for food, but for other materials. We have so much water. We have, we have so, where there's such a wealth of, of resources. But we need that strategic vision and insight and the wisdom of God to begin to, to unlock the, um, the redemptive purpose of Africa. So you see that food security, to be a storehouse for the world, was something, is something that God used Africa to do in the past. And I believe that God is calling Africa to do in this time. Amen. The fifth redemptive gift that I see is for prayer and intercession. And I've been in, in meetings, uh, prayer meetings around the world um, where many people from different nations gather. And I've always, I've heard it and I find it somehow, somehow interesting that pe- believers from other parts of the world know or talk about the prayer and intercession of, of Africans, how it is on another level, how it is, is there is a lot more um, perseverance in prayer, a lot more um, depth of prayer and intercession. They call, African believers go much longer, they fast much longer, they pray much longer, they're able to, to travail to a, a, a deeper place of prayer and intercession, and they do it with, with ease, so there is a, a, a sense of, of being um, uh, anointed or empowered to, to pray and to intercede. If you've ever visited the prayer mountain, you can see people praying you know, for days, um, for weeks, fasting. And, and, and it's with, with, there is a grace and there's an, an, enabling, an, an enabling to do that. And I want to show you that prayer and intercession is something that is Again, central uh, in, in, in Africa, and you can see that in, in the account in, in Genesis. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 44, verse 15 to 34. Here, this family that had, had, that had been ripped apart by jealousy, this is the family of uh, the sons of Jacob, the 12 sons of Jacob. They had planned to kill their brother Joseph. There was intense jealousy, there was intense rivalry, Amongst the brothers, there was um, a split in the family. Of course, there were the two wives uh, who had children who were also competing. So you see polygamy. So this family had its its issues, and this is the family that uh, that that is in covenant with God. But it had issues, deep issues. But when Joseph had come uh, into his calling and was now the prime minister of Africa, of, um, of Egypt, sorry. And you know the story of his brothers coming to buy the food and, and, and how he saw them and he was trying to test and see if they had changed. They put uh, the cup, Joseph's cup, into Benjamin's sack, which meant that Benjamin was going to become the slave or the servant of Joseph, who was the prime minister. Now, what we see is something amazing that happens. This family that 
has gone through so much, that has experienced so much pain, so much loss of, 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 of a family relationship. Judah comes in and Judah represents um, the family, the firstborn. He comes in and intercedes for Benjamin's life. And he says, take me as your slave and leave my brother to go because his life is bound up in the life of, of, of my father and I cannot see the death of, of, of my father. That's what, that's what Judah said. So he stood in, he interceded for his brother. And this was a family that previously had, you know, worked very hard to see the death of their brother, whom God preserved, was Joseph. But now you see that there was a complete transformation of this family. They have come full circle and now they recognize that they're the role of the family, the role of, of um, these brothers is to pray, to intercede, to take the place of another. And we see that this in, in intercession and this stepping in to take the place of his brother is what broke the, the, the divide, that broke the, 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 this schism in the family. And finally brought repentance, tears, restoration, and the revelation that Joseph was alive. So that's what it took. It, it took uh, another level of intercession to restore this family. And I believe that God wants to, re, re, to, to unlock through Africa another level of intercession for the restoration of families, for the restoration of marriages, for the restoration of, of nations, of cities, that there is something unique that God has placed in, in Africa, in Africans, to lead others to prayer and, inter and intercession that goes um, into another realm or dimension that brings breakthrough, that brings answers, that brings restoration. Amen. I'm going to um, be closing soon, but the sixth thing that I see, and today we've been look, we're going to be looking only at what we what the, the the redemptive gifts that we see in the in the Old Testament. Later on, we'll be moving to the New Testament. In Exodus chapter twenty-five, verse one to nine, we see God calling the children of Israel to give generously for the building of the first tabernacle. Now you remember that there had been this wealth transfer <clears throat> and a lot of material wealth had been put in their hands and they were going to use this wealth for the building of the first tabernacle. God had showed Moses the pattern of the tabernacle on Mount Sinai. And all the materials that they needed to build the tabernacle were offerings from the people. And these offerings and these this material, their material resources were things that they had gotten from Egypt. So God tells the children of Israel, he says, speak to them and ask them to take an offering from every man who gives it willingly and ungrudgingly with his heart, you shall take an offering. This is the offering that you shall receive from them. Gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, scarlet, ram skin 
uh, dolphins skin oil for the light stones precious stones um, uh, for the breastplate and it goes on and on about the different materials that they should receive as an offering all these material things that were used to build the first tabernacle were things that were received or or obtained in in Egypt and Egypt represents Africa God showed Moses the pattern for the building of the tabernacle but all the materials that were going to be used for that tabernacle was wealth was materials were resources that they got in Africa now i believe that there's a redemptive purpose for the building of the kingdom not the kingdoms of the world but the kingdoms of god and that god has placed great wealth in africa not for misuse or abuse but for the building of his kingdom and when we have that shift in our paradigm in our thinking i believe that we'll begin to um tap into this redemptive purpose and this redemptive gift of using the vast resources that god has given to africa for the building of god's kingdom i believe that's why god has given us this wealth i believe that's why god has given us all these resources not for abuse not for misuse not for uh corruption not for even our own um self uh, uh, aggrandizement but for the building of his kingdom and when we understand that when we lock into god's purpose then the things that he has given us will be blessed and they will be used to be a blessing amen finally <clears throat> i could go through a whole number of 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 things that we see in the bible but i'm just looking at um the 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 larger issues but africa and africans appear all over the bible whether it's the old testament or the new testament but i'm looking at specific things that i believe represent god's redemptive purpose or god's redemptive calling and gifts jeremiah chapter 42 verse 14 to 19 here god is speaking to the children of israel and they have fallen into sin and there is judgment that is coming egypt represented in those days a place of safety and refuge from war from privation from the horrors of war so in fact god often would um uh would chasten the children of Israel and tell them to not put their hope or their trust in Egypt because Egypt represented a place of of stability of um of refuge of economic uh, provision and supply and many times the children of Israel would 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 look to Egypt as their source and this was such a time God had said that the children of Israel should go to Babylon that they should submit to exile and, and the Babylonian king but the children of Israel wanted to go to Egypt because Egypt for them represented <clears throat> a place of refuge it represented a place of um of safety it represented a place that they put their confidence and their 
trust. And so God warned them through Jeremiah and said, don't go down to Egypt. Why? Because he didn't want them to put their confidence in another nation or in another system. He wanted them to put their trust in him wherever he sent them. Whether it was to Babylon, he would protect them there. Whether it was to remain in, 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 in Israel, he would protect them there. But he didn't want them to put their confidence in a system or another nation which they were doing. So Egypt or Africa represented a place of refuge. It represented a place of safety and of, of stability for them. So much that they were putting their hope and their trust in that, which God didn't want. Now, what I want to just, uh, uh, even as I've been sharing this, I'm sure that you can see. Usually, what the, the enemy will attack us at our, our, our place of, of blessing or even at our place of um, purpose, our redemptive purpose or destiny, whatever you want to call it. That just means that he will, he never creates an enemy, meaning uh, the, the devil never creates anything. He only subverts, he only twists, he only um, seeks to destroy or to change what God has already put in place. That just means that the 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 attack or the so the enemy's greatest weapon against us the enemy's greatest weapon against us is to pervert the purposes of god he will not create something new because he does not have the power to create but he will only see what god has already created and seek to pervert it to twist it to change it so you will see that all the redemptive gifts that we see of, of africa whether it's growth whether it's economic blessing or supply, strategic leadership, uh, security, food security, being a storehouse, um, using our resources for the building of the kingdom, and being a place of refuge. In each of those gifts, the enemy has sought to pervert that, to change it, so that instead of seeing the, the flow of the gifts of God, instead of seeing the manifestation of the gifts of God, we have seen the manifestations of the perversions of the enemy, which is, um, in the instance of food security, we have seen uh, lack of food security or hunger or uh, lack of, uh, of, of food supply in many nations, even when those nations are very, you know, uh, endowed, uh, in terms of agriculture and, and, and rainfall, and, but somehow there will be uh, just uh, hunger and, 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 and lack and insufficiency in terms of food security and other things, not just food, but whatever uh, a population of people need to survive, whether it's food or medicine or clothing, there will be that uh, a manifestation of not security, but lack and insufficiency. Um, economic blessing using the resources that God has blessed us with, the wealth that God has blessed Africa with, whether it's the gold or the silver or many times you'll see that even the, what, what is our gold, what is our, our blessing, our wealth is <coughs> siphoned off or in, 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 in one way or another through all kinds of uh, different uh, diabolical means 
whether it's through colonialism or neo-colonialism or uh, trade, which is just imbalanced, or corruption, whatever it is, you'll see that the, the, the wealth and the resources of Africa not being a blessing to Africa, but instead somehow being misused. Um, strategic leadership, again, this is something that we see the perversion of it. Many times you'll see other nations talking about good governance and this and that. And, and you'll see that the, the redemptive purpose of, of Africa for showing the world, for teaching the world what is strategic leadership, what is it, what is the best form of leadership. You see the perversion of that. And instead, the world is giving lectures and, and talking to African nations about how they need to lead and who should lead and in what manner. And, and that is a perversion of that because according to this, um, according to the Bible, it is Africa that has the redemptive gift to be able to, to reveal and to teach something new that truly unlocks the blessing of God in the earth. Whether it's intercession and prayer, um, refuge, being a place of refuge, you see that instead of being a place to receive people who are seeking refuge, as we see in Uganda, we see Uganda beginning to operate in that redemptive uh, purpose, receiving people who are seeking refuge from the region. But on the whole, you'll see that Africa, instead of receiving people who are seeking refuge, are, is the greatest number, provides an inordinate number of refugees in the world whether it's people who are going on boats or people going on planes or going on, you see that there's a perversion of that redemptive purpose. Instead of being a place of refuge, we are the ones who are supplying the people who are seeking refuge, whether they're seeking refuge from war or from economic you know, uh, lack. Therefore, the enemy always seeks to pervert what is God's redemptive purpose. Now, how do you tell what is counterfeit or what is um, fake? The easiest way to tell something that is counterfeit, counterfeit or what is fake, is to bring what is the original, what is the genuine piece, whether it's any kind of material. When you see what is genuine, you'll be able to know that this is not genuine, is not, is not, is not, um, is fake or is a, is a counterfeit, whether it's a note of money, there is a way that, that, that the genuine, the original looks, as opposed to something that is, is a, a replica or that is fake. I believe that the way that you reveal what is um, a counterfeit or what is a perversion is to go to the original and show what the original was. I remember as a young person, I attended um, the youth conferences that were organized. Many of us in our generation did. The, or the youth conferences organized by Mama Janet in the, in the 90s when uh, HIV rate in, in Af infection rate was, was still high in, in, in Uganda. And in these conferences, what was interesting is that they didn't spend time talking about Oh, you know, HIV and AIDS and this and that and don't do this or don't do that. No, what the, the focus of the, the youth conferences was really 
telling people who they are in Christ, talking about focusing on our identity in Christ and, and who we are and the great plan that God has for us and um, the great future that he has planned for us and, and, and this amazing life that he wants to give us if we will be obedient and, and make a commitment to, to follow his path now, then we'll be able to reap these blessings and these benefits later on in our lives in terms of our decisions about um, about uh, not engaging in a certain kind of lifestyle. And what was interesting in those conferences is that so many young people who heard that message, such as myself, and believed, in, believed that message and connected to that word, that truth, were, were able to make decisions that forever impacted and affected their life. Why? Because when you show someone the original, when you show somebody who they really are, they're able to reject a counterfeit, to reject a perversion, to reject what they are not. And I believe that the enemy has, has for so long tried to convince us as Africans, this is who you are, accept the perversion, accept the poverty, accept the lack, accept the insufficiency, accept all these things. That's who you are. And yet, the Bible here, I'm just, what, what we're going through the Bible today, going through what we see as the redemptive purposes of Africa from the Bible, not from our own stories, not from, from the Word of God. What we're showing through the Word of God is this is the original. This is who we are according to God's um, purpose. And we're going to see later on, even in the New Testament, Therefore, this perversion, this um, counterfeit that the enemy keeps trying to ram down our throats to accept it is a lie and must be rejected as such. Amen? We're going to pray because I believe that in this season that we're living in, in this shaking, in all that's going on around the world, it is only... Um, there is the, 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 the true redemptive plan of God that is going forward. Amen? And I believe that God is going to continue to reveal that in this time. And that there is a redemptive plan that includes Africa. And Africa is a big player in that plan. But we have to become aware of who we are, first of all, our identity in Christ, our identity in God, our, the redemptive purpose, the redemptive plan for which God created us because he created all nations with a, with a purpose, with a plan. And so there was a plan and a purpose when he created Africa. And there are redemptive gifts that he has placed within us and within our land that must be unlocked. But they cannot be unlocked unless we begin to know who we are and we begin to believe who we are as he tells us and not as the world and especially not the devil tries to convince us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this time that you have made possible for us to share your word. And I especially want to thank you for the season that we are living in, Lord, because I believe that we are living in a season of, 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 of great, great shifting. 
that Lord that there are things that you are moving and changing and that there are structures that are falling because there are structures that are rising Heavenly Father I pray that in this season you would remove the scales from our eyes and help us to see your light and help us to see you and ourselves through your own lenses I pray for this light that you prophesied that is is going to come out of Uganda the light that you showed us so many years ago that that light is going to come out of Uganda father and to go out of Africa go out into Africa and then go out into the world and you said that this light will come from within us you said that out of what was called darkness that just means that you never called Africa dark what was called darkness by others out of that place that was despised that has been despised out of that place that has been overlooked out of that place that has been you know out of that place there'll come a great light so heavenly father let your light begin to shine i pray that as this word goes forth lord let your light shine let us begin to see as you see Let us begin to connect with our true identity. And may you unlock the redemptive purposes in all of us and in all of our nations so that your kingdom purposes, Father, may be established and what you want, the the deliverance and the salvation of nations would come to pass. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. <music>